Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Paranormal Project Radio Show. And Christina Bowen. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Paranormal Project Radio Show. My name is Scott Allen. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am here with the very lovely Christina Bowen. How are you, my friend? Good to see you again. I'm great tonight. Good to see you too, Scott. That's good. We have two very interesting guests tonight that we're going to chat with. They bought a home many years ago to raise their family and kind of walked into a nightmare. And, you know, we've all heard the stories about Amityville, the Amityville horror, the family that moved in and get chased out. I don't know anything about this. We're going to find out tonight in real time. But it sounds as bad as that, except that they weren't able to leave. And so there's a lot that has gone on in this house, and I'm anxious to bring them out and and have a conversation and you know i I know there's some people here in the audience and and we'll probably get a few more as we go on with the show feel free to type in the chat wherever you're watching from and ask questions and um and we'll see if we're able to answer so i'd like to welcome to the show jay and elka from the enfield demon house how are you and thank you for joining us oh we've got one more there too hello (laughs) yes so we're doing great. Thank you for having us on the show. Uh, it's going to be a real treat. We got some re- really good surprises to talk about. It's a lot of history, a lot of twists and turns. It's just one heck of a ride since we've been here. And uh, ask many questions. I mean, we like I said, we've been here almost 18 years. And we're, we try to get out four times, and we could not escape from the house. Well, maybe we can go back to the beginning. I know you told me yesterday you... Uh... Your, your twins uh, had not been born yet and you had bought the house. You found it was affordable. You got in. What, what was, what was, how soon after you got in, did, did things start to happen? I would say that, well, 
the warning signs were already there, but we, like I said, we didn't believe in paranormal. Elka was seven months pregnant and there were like little warning signs. Like the day we were supposed to move, I had like 20 people lined up to help us move in and it rained. So, so it was so, it was so God awful heavy that everybody canceled. So the following week we, we were going to uh, move in and my uncle died. And uh, I was I was renting a house off, off my father, and we already had plans, so I couldn't even go to the funeral. So I'll even back up a little further. Um, when we were looking at the house, um, the gentleman gave us a keys to the house to take a look at it. Um, like I was saying, you know, when we looked at the house, the reason that we kind of got persuaded into it was because the owner had put all brand new electrical in, all brand new boilers, a brand new roof, brand new windows. And he said, all the big, all the big ticket items are done. All you need to do is sheetrock plumbing. He goes, you can turn it into whatever you want to. And so we came back and we looked again, but now on the third time, uh, this is where I'll let Elka happen because it happened to Elka. Um, we met here, we had two separate vehicles, we met here and we looked at the house and she said, you know, can you really do this? She goes, you're working 65 hours a week. She goes, you know, you don't have a nine to five job. She goes, you're always on call 24 seven. Uh, she goes, um, can you do it? Of course we're men. We're like, okay, I'm Superman. I can do it. And, um, so we came back the third time and that's when, we, that's when things, when we realized we, it, as looking back, we shouldn't have bought the house and go ahead. Okay. Tell the, this is, the part well one thing from. we're still building <laughs> it's kind of like the winchester no. house we still have uh the hallway left but other than that everything is done um yeah anyways we um were ready to leave and i have to say um i don't really have any um feelings or anything but i hated that house i never wanted that house so i had a hard time to try um to to accept it, that we really buy the house. And so I was the one last one who coming out and locking the door. He was already outside and I went on the porch down, wanted to go out and I'll be honest, I can't really remember what happened, but all of a sudden I feel like kind of like someone pushed me because I kind of like my arms went out and, uh, and luckily i somehow i stumbled down yeah, and she was seven months pregnant when this and, happened and i fell it's on scary. my side. i kind of like rolled down the sidewalk and jumped on my my arms and on my stomach so this was kind of like the first thing where he said there's someone in the house someone pushed you and i'm, and I'm kind of like i locked the house so I don't know what could that be. So, well, we we left it kind of like, well, it was an incident. We didn't pay much attention to it, if that could have been something. So we moved on on that one, right? Yeah, so, yeah, because what I heard as I'm walking over my vehicle, I heard Jay held me, and I saw her arms go flying like somebody shoved her. So as I'm running to the house, I got one eye scanning in the house because it, when you fall, your, your hands will always go out. You know, you, you can get tripped yeah, under. It's, it's a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. And but when I saw her arms go like this, and I heard her yelling for help, and I saw her stumbling now. As I'm running to her, I'm trying to save her and and the babies. And I'm scanning the house. I'm like, somebody's in the house. Someone just shoved my wife. And I 
when we left, I drove her to the hospital and I'm like, what is going on? And at that, that point, I hated the house. I wanted to take my vehicle and drive, drive it through the side of the house because it just, it, I never, I, it was just really weird. Um, and we got through that. We got to the hospital. Her and the babies were okay. Um, Kenzie. Um, so what happened next is we ended up moving in. We got everything settled in. Uh, it ha and it, it started out. Well, we should go. We should send the warning signs because the day where we were signing all the papers at the lawyer's office, and uh, the guy said, "Well, we need a twelve months ahead of house insurance," and I'm kind of like, "Yes, I'm out," because I said, "I'm sorry, I put every single penny I had. I don't have it," and the former owner who sold us the house said, oh, no problem. I'm going to pay you. That's my my housewarming gift. And you paid a year of paid house insurance right house up front. Insurance. Boom, 1200 bucks yeah. right out of his pocket. So on the way out, he heard him saying to his lawyer, thank God I got rid of this house. So he didn't told me that at the beginning that he heard that. Gosh. He said, oh, we got the house. So, yeah. We so moved in, um... it didn't it didn't take long this is uh we got in it was uh we signed the deal in september of 06 matter of fact it was september 28th of 2006 and we by the time we we, we moved in because we didn't just come in right away i brought in the team of uh guys in the, in the trade fields to come in and we worked day and night even my brother came in to help me oh can't you get over here um you weren't born yet, so I don't know why you want to come in right now. So come on in. So come on in. So anyhow, um, and we we raced around the clock. And as now as we were getting ready, my brother, like I said, uh, he passed on. He was an ex-marine. He was six two. He was a big guy. So we were both former military. We we, we both had experience. You know things that we don't talk about. But all of a sudden, as I'm standing down the floors, I said, "Cliff," and he said. Don't, don't say it. I said, it looked like somebody bled out. I said, someone died here. I said, you can see it. And he's like, don't say it. So we're trying to sand out the blood stain and more we sanded, it was, it was, it was embedded into the floor. So we ended up triple coating polyurethane over everything. I didn't want to tell her about that. Um, it was pretty scary. So these were like little things, but it, we weren't looking for ghosts. We weren't thinking, we were just trying to get up, get in the house, Elka was supposed to have other babies. So my brother, we worked, like I said, around the clock, got it livable and mm -hmm. um, moved in. And um, then then the weird thing started. Like I said, it was testing us and we had no idea what we what were going to be in for. Um, all of a sudden, we went out on Black Friday. She was Black Friday shopping and we bought our first digital camera. And um, so I came home from work. And I was getting ready. She wasn't taking me out for my birthday. And we already had the Christmas tree up. It was already December. And I'm I'm looking at the tree. I'm just taking pictures like this. I'm going like this. And then I noticed all of a sudden this big white light was on the Christmas tree. So I'm like, oh, that's some type of a reflection from the bulb. So I took a second one. But now the ball moves over to the wooden blinds. So now I'm playing with it. And I as I, as I brought it closer to see the image, then I, I realized this is not funny. There was a man's face, his hair was parted in the middle and he's staring right at me and the orb or whatever you want to call it was right next to his cheek. 
And I reached up and I was wearing a baseball hat. I said, well, that's not me. I was thought it might have been some kind of like reflection. And mm -hmm. I told her about it. She said, oh, let's not go there. Let's not go there. So we went out and a couple of months went by. Christmas came. Um, we went out. The babies came. And um, we were heading in for what's supposed to be a beautiful year. Here comes 20, uh, 2007. And um, then, then um, we went out. Uh, the babies were born premature. And what had happened was Elka got sick really, really bad. And we rushed her to uh, the hospital in Northampton. Um, and so I was between running to Northampton to visit her, running to Bay State Medical in Springfield, Mass., um, and working 65 hours a week, uh, and then trying to take care of the house. Um, so what happened next is um, I went to go pick her up, and I said, um, we got to talk. We have to have a serious talk. And she had no idea what I'm about to talk about. And I, I, we, I took her out to dinner, and I said, hey, I think you're going to think I'm nuts. And she, she, she had no idea. She didn't know if I was going to say, I'm divorcing you, I'm leaving you, because I was really serious. And she said, um, I said, I, I don't know how to say it, but I said, I think there's something in the house. And she's like, you, you know, it's like a relief came over. She goes, you too. Because when I when I went back to work and she was a home, home alone in the house, I didn't realize it was messing with her so bad. It was playing games with her. Um, go ahead, I'll talk about how you, you, you would feel like someone's coming behind you. Uh, the, the things, uh, the babies weren't here at the time, but the things that were happening. Yeah, kind of. It started like that noises, the dogs went off and there was no reason for it or staring in the corner. Um, then it started kind of like it, it, it ramped up. It started like little things and then it went to i i got from my baby shower a lot of clothes so i was washing washing and um and a couple times that i put everything in the dryer and coming down and the dryer door was open and the stuff was outside um off the dryer and i'm kind of like i said what yeah so this kind of those usually have like a locking mechanism you have to really yank on them they do it, it, it did have a locking mechanism. So, and I'm kind of like, nah, that's some, and I still didn't be believe. So I'm kind of like, I started joking around saying, you know what, the next time, can you please fold it at least and put it in the basket doing that. So, but I didn't kind of like went to him with it because everything, when I said that the dogs go off or something weird happens in the house, um, he looked at me kind of like I, I, I don't well, know. I didn't look at you like that. It was I was trying to figure out what was going on because what would happen would be I I I I would go to work, I would get a frantic phone call. Jay, get home now, and I, and and at the in the beginning when she was on bed rest, um, she called me up and said there was a giant dog in the house. You got to get home. So I thought, oh my god. So I came flying home, and she said this thing's huge. She goes, it's about a three hundred pound dog. So as I'm listening, the way she's describing this animal, I'm thinking, okay, maybe she, because of being pregnant, hormones, I don't know what's going on. Um, I look for a dog, but at the same time, I'm thinking, you know what, it's an old house. I'm thinking, well, maybe there's tunnels. Maybe somebody's squatting. Maybe there's something wrong. Um, I cleared the house. I checked everything out. There's There was nothing. And um, 
I would keep getting phone calls. Jay, get home now. Now, what she was talking about was she went downstairs to get some baby formula. She put the clothes in a dryer and it, and it locked. It was one of those the big ones from Lowe's. And she said when she put it in, she had this weird feeling. Now, she says she's not sensitive. She's very sensitive to this stuff. She's very modest. She turned around and where the boilers are was this giant black shadow man. And she took up, up, ran up the stairs, and that's how I got the second phone call. Get home, someone's in the house. So I came home again. I clear the house, not one living soul in there. So now I'm scratching my head. So I decided at this point, I called up the local church and I said, Father, can you come over and do a house blessing? And he's like, Sure, can I'll be over on this date. So I didn't realize he was walking over, so he's walking down the street. So I met him. And I told him, I says, Father, I said, uh, I think there might be something in the house. And he said, like, a bird, chipmunk, squirrel, what, what are we talking about? I said, well, my wife, you know, I blame it on her all the time. My wife thinks something's in the house. He was like, he stops. And he's like, well, like what? I said, you know, like, a ghost. And he looked at me. He says, there is no such thing as ghosts or demons. He goes, Mr. Yeap, he goes, and I will prove it to you. So we get to the house. He meets Elka. He, he throws holy water. He goes through a hole in our whole side. And he said, see, Jay, there's nothing here. I said, Father, we got to go next door on this side. So I had table saws, had set up. I got wires hanging down. I'm doing wiring and plumbing. And he says, I'll go to the house. So he goes to the house. He goes upstairs. And at the time, the attic was open. I had sealed off the attic now because I had to make, I made two rooms up there for the kids. But he goes up there. Now, on the attic door, there was like all kinds of deadbolts, locks, everything. And I could never figure out what are they trying to keep in or out of the attic. So he goes up, he opens them all up, he goes up all confident, he takes three steps up, and he freezes. And he's staring at something. And I'm looking at him, and I feel like calling him, like, what, Father, are you chicken? You know, go ahead. And he's looking, he, he, he takes one step back, and he, takes, he goes one more step up, and he said, you know what, I'm going to bless a staircase. And he throws holy water over it. He backs down, he never turns his face off the staircase. He backs down, gets out slams the door, bolts it, runs down the stairs, runs out, gets to the door, looked at me, is totally frantic. He said, ignore it, it will go away. And he takes off. So Elka's like, where did the priest go? She goes, I have, I'm making things for him. So that began our nightmare, a nightmare almost into hell. It was, things got ramped up and, um, I went down to the town hall, and this is how I got all my information. I, I met this really beautiful woman out there. Her, her name was Colleen, and she worked um, at the department. And I went in there, and I was going to handle it like an investigation. I said, I want a list of everybody who owned my house all the way back. Mm -hmm. And I said, mm -hmm. I, I want to know who was in my house. And so she said, so she starts going through papers and she's laughing and joking with me and pulling out things. And I noticed that they're, they're getting older. You know, the books are getting older. She says, you know, it's a dollar a copy. I say, I know. She goes, it's going to get quite expensive. I said, that's okay. I said, just keep going. So she stops and she says, um, she, she sits back and she reaches into her, her neck. She pulls out a very old Celtic cross and she kisses it. And she says, is there something you're not telling me about your house? And I'm like, do, 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 right? I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I think we might have possibly a ghost. She goes, you think? She goes, we haven't got out of the 20th century yet. She goes, a lot of people have owned your house. And she says, um, you know what I'm going to do? She goes, I'm going to write down on a piece of paper, which I have. I'll show you, Scott, when you come out. I, I have all this stuff where she writes down everybody's name. 
And she says, I'll, I'll let you know. She goes, that thing is going on. So weeks, weeks will go by. And again, I get a phone call at the office, you know, hi, this is Colleen. I go over, I close my door, I said, hi, Colleen, what's going on? She goes, you're not going to believe this. She goes, you know, um, uh, so-and-so, I, I don't want to give too much information. Scott's come up. She right. goes, oh, I don't want to mention anything, but um, there was a mass murder at your house. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, somebody, I won't mention names. I want Scott to pick up. She goes, someone in the 1920s, she goes, um, left your house, went down the street and committed a bunch of murders and came back and killed himself. So she had access also to the death record. So she got hooked on it's like a soap opera. So as she was finding things out, she was pulling people's death certificates. So that's how we know a lot of stuff. So I'm looking. So um, we're like, what is going on? So a week go by, she goes, well, you know, those people I, I, I told you not to worry about that they lived there from from the 1960s to 2000. And you told me, Jay, that they probably had a long, happy life. She goes, they didn't. She goes, you got to get out of the house. She goes, there's something really bad about that house. I said, she goes, I'm going to keep looking. And she got all the way back down to 1846. And then she says, I can't find anything else. She goes, maybe the house was built by somebody in the family. So as we were looking, we realized a couple of things started popping up. Numbers that stood out was a lot of 22s, a lot of 11s. Now, those dates coincide horrific events in the house. So mm -hmm. as that's happening, I decide that year um, it, 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 we had the, the babies are home. Spring was coming. Summer was here. Um, and there's so much information. I would love to get yeah. everything over in one yeah. hour. I can't. But. One of the main things that happened was we were outside, and if you look at the front of the house, we were making a dry river bed to make it give some some like some some like character to the house. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden we're out there, we've got the doors open, we got the we got Mackenzie and Courtney, they were babies, we got baby miners on them. We're out there, we're laughing and joking, we're placing rocks, and all of a sudden I hear this man's voice. Hey, did you buy this house? So I look up and there's a man about 80, 85, 87 years old. He's got a cane. And I'm like, yeah, I thought he was going to welcome us to the neighborhood. I'm like, yeah, you know, I thought he was going to say, yeah, my name's so-and-so. I live next door. He says, you should never bought this house. He goes, this house is evil. He goes, you got to get out. And I'm like, what a way to welcome me in the neighborhood. So this goes, is straight out of a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of stuff we, we can kind of back up with some evidence, but a lot of stuff was like fantasy Island. So, we start talking. He said, when I was a little boy, he said, I would walk by the house. Now, even the language he was using was out of text. He goes, when I was walking by the house, he goes, I wanted to have a playmate. And he says, there was a little boy in that window up there. And I would wave to him. He would wave back. So after a while, he said, he stopped. And as he waved, the boy waved back. And he he, he said, he goes, I beckoned the boy. He didn't say, I, I called the boy down. He goes, I beckoned the boy to come down. And when I did, his face turned into a hideous creature. He said, I dropped my school books. And I ran home. And he goes, as I got in the house, he goes, my father, he goes, they were all, we lived in an old Italian neighborhood way down the Watch street. <laughs> and I'm, I did not Mackenzie. Sorry, buddy. So he says, um, as I walked in the house, my father's like, oh, you want to play hooky? Huh? You, you don't want to go to school. And that's what he thought, because that's how strict the parents were. And he's yelling, monsters, monsters. And his grandfather's like, what are you talking about? He goes, at the end of Prospect Street. 
And his grandfather said, wait a minute. He goes, when I was a little boy, he said there, there was a, a story that goes back farther. He said that a little boy came running out of the house screaming. And he was, this is the sad part. He was hit by a horse and buggy. His father came out, picked the boy up, brought him in the house. And um, the boy died. So I call up the city hall, all right? And I said, hey, yeah, I need me, you guys. I need your help. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I need some more help. Just, um, we kind of like still worked when the man told, the old man told us this and all of a sudden get quiet. So we both looked up and the man was gone. He was gone. The so man was gone. So we looked both sides on the street and I'm kind of like, where, the, where did he go? I mean, he had a cane. I said, he can't go that fast. So we saw at first, maybe he lives really close by and he just took off. And But it didn't set well. So I asked all the people in the neighborhood, there's an older man here with a cane. Does anyone know the name of this of this gentleman? And everyone said, nobody lives here. Like you. Nobody knew who he was. He just yeah. vanished out of just thin air. Gone. So going back to you, you're calling Pauline to find so out. I, I had asked I had asked the gentleman, I said, you know, do you know the boy's name? Do you know anything? I'm trying to get some information out of him. And he said, Well, Peterson, something, Parsons. It began with a P. And I said, Okay. And it like and that's what Elk was saying. All of a sudden, it was like I don't want to say like a time lapse. All of a sudden, we looked up, he's gone. So we're looking, I said, someone this age and 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 his health with a cane is not going to run. He's not going to sprint. So Alco, like I said, went around. She got to know all the neighbors, and everybody said that man that you're describing. We never see the man. No, nobody walks the street because everybody in the neighborhood they watch out for everybody over the years. So mm -hmm. I went to Colleen. I said I need a name. I said Peters, Parsons, uh, anything with parsley, anything. Mm -hmm. Again, I get a phone call from. All right, I'm at work. I close my office door and she says, uh, there is a guy, his name is Sean, a, a, a Scottish guy by the name of Sean Boo Parsons. He owned your house in the eight, in the, in the early eight fifties. And she goes, here's the weird thing. She goes, I see of a little boy, but every time I go back to send it to you, she goes, I can't find him no more. She goes, I can't find this little boy at all because I know I seen him. So she said, I'm going to make, get everything real out. So when she sends me the whole list, I see the house bought, sold, bought, sold, 1846, bought, sold, bought, sold. Now, here's the weird part. Like, it's not already weirder. The first guy, Kenzie, I don't know if you, if you can reach in that box and get me that paper. The house gets sold by a guy by the name of Henry Graham Thompson in 1846. Now, the Thompson, it's like Smith, everything else like that. Now, the name of this part of the town is called um, Thompsonville, Connecticut. So we just figured, okay, and as we started looking at him this year, we found out he was the son of the founder of Thompsonville, Connecticut, who started all the carpet mills. He sells the house to a gentleman by the name of Horace Abbey in 1846. And this all, everything has to do with 2022. So Colleen shifted. This is the paper of, of the people that owned the house. And it only goes back oh. to 1846 to where we bought the house. So in 1846, Henry Graham's Thompson sells it to Horace Abbey. And he sells it, now listen to this, on May 1846. The house gets sold to that guy, I was talking about Shambu Parsons, on the 22nd of May. Now, 
what happens to Horace Abbey, he dies in the house. And guess what day he dies? February 22nd, 1849. He doesn't even have the house more than a couple of years. Now, Shambu Parson comes in. He buys the house, right? Thinking it's him and his son. His son dies. So then he turns around. And he, he buys it in May. He gets rid of the house. Sells it to a guy by the name of William Tate. He sells the house. Guess what day he sells it on? The 22nd of September. He has it from May 22nd to September 22nd. Now, William Tate. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guess what happens to him? He thinks he's going to have a nice house because at the time, this area was very well, a wealthy area. Poor guy only has it for four years. He the house get he dies. The house gets sold to a William Lydell, and that's a whole new story. So you can see 1846, 1851, 1851, 1856, and then a guy buys it. And um, then we find out more about him. So as we're digging into this, we just to, at first, there's names of people that own the house. Colleen, she's a superwoman. She goes and she starts digging on these people. And without her, we would never have known it. So she starts looking at how they died. From, um, the little boy, was was he was pretty much almost wiped out because of horse and buggy, she said. And she's trying to give me the paper, but she can't find it no more. But then um, the first guy, he dies in the house from cerebral hemorrhaging. Then the other guy dies. Yes, you'll see a lot of heart attacks. Boom, he dies. So now, as this is happening, we're having our own experiences now. Now we're, like I said, we're in in, in um, 2007, and now we realize we got some kind of a problem. So we call up, we we look in the yellow pages, we start looking online. It's not like there's a lot of paranormal communities out there so i had reached out to a couple well-known groups that are still out there and a couple guys one of them uh they they lived in suffield they were two um college police officers and they were uh they had a team so we talked to him he goes okay you know he comes over at the time my sister was alive and uh so they split up with the women and the guys and they went over in the living room and all of a sudden you hear the woman going Hey, you know, I, I don't I can't remember their names like Jeff, get over here. And he's like, no, get over here. They watched there was a big banana plant pot like this that was maybe about four feet tall. They literally, as they were talking to my sister and Elka, they watched the thing slide across the floor right in front of them. And they're like, Did you see that? While we were in the dining room, Elka had this party light bird cage with a candle. When you walked, it kind of moved with vibration. But it looked like somebody took their hands and was going like this. And they're like, did you see that? So they're like, we have more than enough information. We'll be in contact. Boom. They never wanted to come back. <laughs> we got another team come in here. They Same come in. Scenario. Same thing. They walk up. They see this shadow person right in front of them. 
and they feel this awful breeze. They're like, they took pictures. They're like, they called me up. They sent me the picture. They said, what is that black thing hanging up in your, up, up on the thing? I said, I don't know, maybe a ceiling fan. He, he said, we're, we're really busy guys. I'm sorry, but can't come back. So Colleen had called me up and she said, I, I know this, this, this at the time he was a young guy. Hopefully he's listening, right? Because we were all young back then. So he and she said he just started up a paranormal group and um, have him come over. Now, at the time, this gentleman's name is Matt. And uh, Matt had no idea what he was going to get himself into. His first investigation came over. He's like, it was snowing. Because I'm not really sure. But when he, he came back, I was working upstairs. And he comes over for a cup of coffee. And as we're talking... You hear bam smash. I'm like, oh no. He's like, what? I said, I'm I'm redoing the baby's room just because of the, they were still in our room. They were still still no warm babies. And I said, he goes, What was that noise? I said, I hope my fan didn't get thrown out the window because I said I'm, I'm a sheet rocking up there. I'm trying to blow all the dust out. So we run upstairs and nothing, there's nothing. So now my bedroom door is shut. And I'm like, Matt's like, did you shut the baby's door in your bedroom? I said, no. So we try to open up. Now there's no lock on the door. So Matt is trying to turn it. And he's like, Jay, somebody is holding the door back. And are the he, children in the room? The kids are in the room. And I'm at this point, I'm like, these are my kids. I said, stand back, Matt. I'm, I'm going to run and I'm going to go right through the door. I'm going to breach the door like how I used to be taught. So, and then I'm ready to go breach the door. I'm going to throw my shoulder into it. It's a Luan door. You heard this like ping. It was like a high pitched bell sound. Like somebody took a, like um, a, 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 almost like a fine crystal and, and hit it. When it happened, the door blew open. Matt goes flying across the room on the ground. He gets up. He looked around. He goes, "You know what? I I I don't have experience in this level, but he goes, this is no ghost. He goes, this is something far worse. He goes, we checked the babies." My, my daughter, Courtney, woke right up. I tried to get Mackenzie up. It was like she was in some kind of like, I don't know, she was in a deep sleep. We finally got her up, everything. Then we started noticing, and I had taken a picture, and I would be telling Elka, because Elka worked in the medical field. I would call her up and said, hey, the baby's getting scratched. And she goes, I don't, I don't get it. She would come home, the scratches would be gone. So now I got my little handy-dandy digital camera I just bought, right? So now I take a picture, boom, right? Because I, there's three like little scratches down Courtney's leg. So when Elka comes home that night, she says, Courtney's fine. So I get the, I, I get them, you know, processed on the computer. I said, look at it. She goes, oh my God. So this started ramping up. So now we're seeing, now we're here, now we're seeing things levitate. We're, we're hearing scratches, banging on the walls. And Matt's coming over, and um, all of a sudden, this one day, um, I'm working at the kids, got him up, up nap. Elka comes home from shopping. Matt comes over because he has a whole bunch of evidence he caught. He had video. He had everything he had caught. He goes, your house is really messed up. So um, he goes over to show us, and then upstairs, you hear a smash, pow. So Elka, I said, Elka, I just been up there. She goes, she runs up there. I said, Matt, go go with her. And I hear them both yell, Jay, get up here now. So I go up there and I'm like, what the heck just happened here? They had a little Winnie the Pooh uh, lamp and a small little Kendra Opera light bulb. 
there's glass all the way down the hallway. There's glass everywhere. And I'm looking. I start freaking out. I see bloody handprints climbing up the baby's crib. I'm like, oh, my God. Check Courtney out. Elka grabs Courtney. She looks at her. She does a finger sweep in her mouth. There's no glass, no cuts on her hand. I said, it's got to be Mackenzie. Mackenzie, nothing. So now it's like, oh, my God, where did the blood come from? We even found glass under the mattress. Everywhere. From a little, I mean, we It was such a small light bulb. It was bad. And so. How long ago, how long ago was this, Jay? About how, how many years ago did that happen? It was in 2007, yeah. around the fall. Oh, which, back, yeah. This back is still back. early on. Yeah. yeah. So as this is happening, guys, I, I, I'm going to watch the time because I can talk. There's one thing, like I, I'm like a, somebody said, because I was told I had Native American in me, and I always believe in like a living history. I keep everything, and I can tell you details. Um, so Matt's like, this is something. He goes, I've never encountered this. So he's like, I got to find out what's going on. So as things are going on, Matt's getting involved. So now Matt's getting called out. One time, um, Matt's like, he goes, I'm not afraid of this thing. He goes, we're going to find out what's in this house once and fall. We gave Matt the keys. Matt was coming back. He, he, he it stumped him. He's like, I don't have this type of experience. He goes, if this is a demon or something, he goes, but we're going to find out because it called his name. Well, we thought it called his name, but we're not sure because it yelled out one time. They had he had a camera up in the attic that was open at the time, and Matt said, "Did you get insulted in any way when Jay invoked the name Jesus Christ?" And at first, he was here with a medium. And at first, he didn't hear it. And then all of a sudden, he heard this loud, yes. And then the, the attic, the small little cubbyhole door, he caught it on camera. It blows open. Something comes out. You can hear something walk around. Then it goes back in and closes the door. So now, as this is happening, we don't know what's going on. Matt has a medium over. Then 2.30 in the morning, we hear... Jay, Elka, open the door, please wake up, open the door, please open the door, hurry up, hurry up. They're frantic. I'm like, what's going on? The medium's like, your house is completely, something's awful. Matt's like, it called my name and it came after us. So as we're talking, you now upstairs is vacant and you hear with heavy wooden boots, something is come, came down the attic stairs walked into the big room walked around and we're all listening we're like we thought this is it we're all gonna die it walked around and then it came down the stairs boom 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 and it got to the door matt matt's face was drained mike was just sitting there i'm like looking i'm just ready for like a firefight i'm waiting for something to come running through our house and elka's like what in the heck is that and then all of a sudden you hear something walking around and then you hear it go start going back up the stairs. Like whatever came down was looking for Matt and looking for um, the uh, his medium. And who knows what would have happened if they didn't get over a house, if, what this thing could have done to him. So now we open the door like a whole, almost like a Nancy Drew mystery thing. We open the door and we're listening to this thing go up the stairs. And then Matt's like, you know what? Don't go in. We don't know what's in there. So finally... You know, we're all huddled like Scooby-Doo. We open the door, and you hear the thing go back up the stairs. Nothing was in the house. So now Matt's like, you know, he's still he's still trying to find it. Then he tells us, um, 
we found out through a, one of the at the time, like he he was like, he wasn't a demonologist, but he worked with severe cases, and he contacted mm -hmm. Matt to see if the stories are true. And Matt said, "Don't get involved in this house." He says it will change your life. And his name was Bob Baker, and he told Bob. He said he had one of his investigators over and she was wearing a cross and she was brand new in the field. And when she left, she was rubbing her chest and kept rubbing it. And Matt's like, what's what's going on? He goes, my chest is burning me, Matt. And Matt's like said, check out your check it out. Make sure she her, the cross that she had literally burnt into her chest and made a sign of the cross from her for a thing. So Matt is like, I'm not going to give up on you guys. He goes, but this is something he goes, I've never encountered. So at the time, we went through some more we investigators. Went, we went through a lot of, a lot of investigators, a lot CPRS. of priests. So then we had a call in from CPRS. Uh, called It was called Connecticut Paranormal Research Society. And the two guys that were there, they were awesome guys. It was uh, Orlando Frente and Joe Franks. And um, so uh, Joe sent Orlando up with a team. And Orlando's he, he's witnessing levitation. He's witnessing all this. Now, this is in 2008. He gets Joe. He goes, Joe, you got to come out. He goes, I don't know what to do. Now, I didn't realize that Joe was best friends with Lorraine and Ed Warner, that he worked with, with them in the late 80s, and 90s. And Joe was an awesome guy. They were all awesome guys. So, of course, the day that Joe shows up, nothing happens. Orlando's like, I'm telling you, Joe, this is not a joke. So, the whole night, not one peep. And we're all waiting. We're like, come on, show Joe, you know, show him what you can do. So Joe mm -hmm. says, I'll be back. But now this time, Joe Joe is really good. He doesn't announce what he's going to do. Orlando says, Joe's coming up. Make sure you guys are home. I hear all that. Make sure you guys are home. So they show up, and there's a whole army of people. There, there's an ordained minister, a camera woman, a sound guy. Like I said, ordained everybody. Orlando and him. Now, Orlando gets on his headphones and he's got this wand. He's listening for, for sounds. He has a medium and the medium starts to channel right away. A Scottish woman, a, a, another person. And Joe's trying to figure out what's going on. So now Joe finally gets he gets upset because Orlando says, Joe, they're saying there's many of us here. They're, there's this and they're saying weird things. So Joe says to the, he, to the guy who's channeling, who What's your name? It won't tell him his name. So Joe said, you know what? Do something. He goes, you're not impressing me. Last time I was here, he goes, you wouldn't do one thing. He goes, are you afraid of me? He goes, I'm a big guy. He goes, my five-year-old son can blow out a candle. You could make, make a pencil move. He goes, do something. No, at this time, the medium grabs his arm and starts biting his arm. And I'm like, bravo. I said, what a great theatrical play. I don't, I have a hard time believing stuff, right? But I didn't, all of a sudden, it changed. He's biting so hard that he's almost tearing his arm off. His blood's coming out of his arm. It took his own arm. His own arm. Mm -hmm. He had no pain threshold. So now Joe runs over, and, and you know, if you know Joe Frank, he he's not a small guy. He grabs the guy's arm. Orlando grabs the other guy's arm. Two more people. It took five or six guys to get the guy to stop biting his arm. It's like the guy had superhuman strength. So now Joe gets really upset. Joe says, "You know what?" So he goes, you want to pick on women and children. Orlando, at this point, makes the most fatal mistake any paranormal investigator could make. And he regrets it to this day. He still won't come over to the house or what happened to him. He challenges this thing. He says, why are you picking on women and children? Why don't you come and pick on him? I won't say the word because I don't want to get screwed with. And he said, Joe, I effed up. 
Joe said, yeah, you're dead. He goes, maybe nothing will happen, Orlando. He goes, but you should not have said it. He goes, I slipped. It waited a year and went after him with full vengeance. You know, that's a whole other story. So what happens next is Joe goes, go ahead, do something. This time, Joe's like, I want to see what you are. Well, upstairs in the, in the baby's room, there was an ordained minister. There was a camera woman. And the only reason I mentioned her weight, like you hear before, is because what happens next? The woman is, is about five feet tall, about 235 pounds. And she's just taking pictures, everything. So when Joe goes to raise his hand, now you can feel the house energy. You know this thing. I said, Joe, don't pick on this thing. He's like, no, no. He goes, you've been in this field a long time. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. as he goes to say, do something, you hear, wham. And you hear this blood thirsting scream. Joe, Orlando, anybody, please help me. So I run up there, like, you know, I, I train. I, I'm going to be the first one up there. I want to see what's going on. I see this poor woman laying almost down the staircase. People don't realize that when you see my staircase, we had a door jam here. And if she, and I just, I realized it years later, if she, it, she was not intended to hit the door jam. If she went any further, she would have hit the wall and went down the stairs and probably died. It picked her up like six to eight feet. The ordained minister, when I looked at him, he was standing with his tippy toes against the wall. His face was like this. And I'm like, what happened? Tell, tell me what really happened. He goes, one minute. I almost said her name. I can't say her name. But one minute she's standing there. He goes, next minute I see her levitating off the ground and throwing. And he goes, I've never seen nothing like that. So Orlando goes, you got to make that call. And Joe goes, I know. I said, what call? So they go downstairs. And of course, we have landlines. And Joe has on speaker. He calls Lorraine Warren. And he says, Lorraine, uh, my dear sweet friend, we need you here. And she says, tell me what's going on, Joe. He says, we witnessed a levitation, scratching, biting. He goes, my, my, my medium almost bit his arm off. And he goes, we need you. You, you got to come out. She was on standby. And she said, wait a minute. She goes, you're not telling me everything. She goes, what there's something important that you left out what aren't you telling me he said uh lorraine he goes um so and so was picked up like a rag down and thrown down the hall there was a moment of silence she says uh tell the family i'm truly sorry i cannot come out i, can, I will not put one foot in that house she says, uh, I'll talk to him over the phone. I'll do what I can do. And they begged her. They said, please, please. They said, this is something really rare. Something is not right here. She said, I'm sorry. I will help you guys. But she goes, I will not put one foot in the house. Till the day she died, she went to Anson Nuntuck Community College down the street. You know, in Enfield, she talked. But she would not come anywhere near this house. And I, as I'm looking back, as we started this, I found a text where I was talking to Orlando. And I said, in the text, it says, I said, what did Lorraine say? What did she think? He goes, I just talked to her. She thinks there's a demon, a powerful one. She goes, I'm going to talk with Tony. So all these years, Tony, everybody knew about it, but they, they referred to this case as a case that Lorraine wouldn't come out. Last year, Dan came out with Chris and Dan's like, hey, Chris, this is the house. And he says, what house? He goes, this is the house. He goes, damn, what are you talking about? He goes, this is a house you hear Tony talk about that. This is the only house that Lorraine refused to come out to. And Chris is like, okay. oh, I got you. Scott has a question. So good, Scott. Yeah, well, we have about nine minutes left. So I just want to oh, make sorry. sure that we're on. Sorry. And I'm telling you, like, like the story, I could go on. But um, I am actually going to be at the house on Sunday and um, with you and with Matt. 
And so we will have to have a follow-up at some point on this, but I wanted to ask you, what is life like? Cause you're still there. What is yeah. life for you like now in this house? Yeah. Well, I guess we'll answer for me. It's like almost being in a war zone. It's calmed down. Um, that one entity we believe is gone. It's not that bad anymore. It's not that bad anymore. That one entity we believe left in 2015, it came with a high price from a guy who came up here to get rid of it. It almost killed him. Um, I guess there was a, a deal struck where if it stayed, if if he stayed out of the if he stayed out of the field helping people, because he had a special gift. And I'll tell you really quick what kind of what happened. The guy came out, they paid for the whole trip. To, to help us out. The first day it didn't work. The second day it worked. So my daughter kept calling up. His name was Jay Dodd and Jay Dodd kept talking to him. So finally Jay Dodd said, put your dad on the phone. He goes, I can't help you anymore. What happened when he left in a dream, this entity went to him and the entity said, stay away, get out of the field, stay away. And he said, I'm a man of God. I'm not afraid of you. He said, do you know who I am? And Jay Dodd said, I'm a man of God. A week later, he had a massive heart attack. And then the entity came back in a dream. He goes, now do you know who I am? So there was a deal struck. So since then, this one evil entity has not come back. But the other spirits that were being suppressed here, they won't leave. And it's sometimes it's nerve wracking. It's because sometimes um, um, it's really weird. The energy is sometimes really bad that you go somewhere and then out of the blue, you get so agitated that you're really going to start kind of like fighting kind of like almost like it, it it wants it did you and then you leave the house and then you don't even know why you fought that stuff mm -hmm. kind of like and i feel bad because my kids both of my kids have i guess i would say a gift they see stuff so um we playing kind of like a little bit musical around in the house where we mm -hmm. sleep so my daughter usually she sleeps she moved Ooh, already to three three different bedrooms and now we have a face again that she sleeps in a room and now she's on the couch again so i guess something so she moves around yeah i switch around yeah so you maybe you she because won't. she sees stuff and uh bad stuff um, yeah bad stuff yeah, so. so it gives me i don't know i don't know what it does but i have to switch up i'll go from my bed and then and then i'll go to the couch and then i'll go back to my bed and then it just i had built cycle. two beautiful bedrooms in the attic i had closed them off for the kids because i got older and um as soon as i put her upstairs in this room upstairs uh she's i can't sleep in there she kept talking about creatures and monsters and things so finally i built the other side over and uh, my other daughter wanted that room as soon as she got in that room it was i don't want to say it was like an experiment she started talking about creatures and everything so finally she was sleeping downstairs and so finally, when I had the other room built, it was built for Elka. I made it into like a nice cottage looking. It was beautiful. And I, 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 I it came out beautiful. And what happened was I tried sleeping in that room. I couldn't. I ended up sleeping on my living room floor for about six months and on an air mattress because they did not want me in the attic. So I ended up redoing my bedroom over, re-sheetrocking it. And while I was re-sheetrocking, I felt like I was in some other house because I was sleeping on a air mattress while I was sheetrocking the ceiling, getting the walls done. And finally, when I got the room done, Elka came down. But then Mackenzie, 
she had a craft room. She was all happy. She took the old small room, made a new craft room, and she had it filled. So Mackenzie said, "The only I want that small room. Otherwise, I, I can't sleep in a room. So we pulled everything out, made the craft room upstairs here for Elka, redid that whole entire thing, got the bed I made for her, put her up there, and it came after her. So now she's sleeping downstairs on the living room couch until something comes at her. And, and this this is not the the demon. This is the spirits that are there now. They are still spirits, here. Yeah. She still sees them, and some some of them, some of them are are human. They're human. They don't they don't hurt you. The spirits here now don't hurt you. Even the gangster from the twenties, he doesn't hurt you. He's kind of like he's curious about you more, and I think he's trying to figure out what happened because he doesn't know if he was murdered or committed suicide because later on i think he kind of kept pushing us to kind of find out because i talked to his son before he died and his son filled in all kinds of information on what happened so when he's here and if i start talking about him i'll start getting chills and some people will actually hear him walk in the door and it will set off cat balls and, and lights and you can literally hear him once in a once in a blue moon walk across the floor and he'll, he'll come to the kitchen and like he's enjoying the conversation and um so yeah this well like i said we tried three times to get out of here and every time we try to get out something horrific would happen and i know we're short for time but one time um the first time uh within three weeks i lost my brother my sister elka's dog they died we don't know how they died um and then i find out that year my friend who was an attorney who was trying to help us get out we found out that october in 2009 mike was teaching softball in Avon, Connecticut, and had a massive heart attack and died. Um, How do you keep people safe that come to the house? Because I know you do have events there. You have people come in and investigate. Yeah. What we do, well, it took us years to figure out. Right now, the, the, the spirits that are here now, like I said, Jay Dodd took this one entity away. So the spirits that we have now, they're human. They lived here. So sometimes I tell them, you know, like when I'm cleaning the house, I say, hey, guys, there's an event tonight. Look, okay, stay on this side. Don't come next door, you know, and let them know they're, they're trying to they're trying to communicate with you. Let them, you know, they're not here to harm you. Let them talk to you. If you can show yourself or do whatever you can do to let, you know, they're trying to find out who you guys were and you guys have a story. This is your house. You passed away here. Let them know, get to know you. And. So far, no one's got hurt. I mean, nobody, I mean, that entity is gone. But as soon as the ent if the entity ever came back, I tell the paranormal investigators, I shut this house down, seal the door, and nobody can come in. Um, I don't want anybody getting hurt. But as would of you, right now. Would you try to leave again if that happened? Or would you stay at this point, do you think? We tried. And the last time we well, tried. I don't know. Probably at this point, we are, uh, I would say, probably in a better position to say or no i would not say in a better position but i would i would not care about anymore if i would leave it behind mm -hmm. uh, kids almost yeah. grown almost right. done with school um uh, i don't want to say it's a better position to be but it's just kind of like it would be probably easier to say you know what i don't care if the house gets yeah and, and we're gonna go somewhere else so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to you on sunday okay. we, are, we are reaching the end of the show and i have to say good night we have a hard stop but i will see you on sunday and i'd love to have you back on again thank you so okay. much for joining us
Please. Have a good, have a good night. night, everyone. Take care and thanks for watching. Right, You've bye. been listening to the Paranormal Project Radio Show with Scott Allen and Christina Bowen. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you're there, leave us a rating and review. We'll be back next week with more exciting guests. Now go out there and explore the paranormal.